It's a silly video, right? It's an escalator. The first time I saw this, I kept wanting to tell them, just move up, down, just move. It's simple, right? It's an escalator. It it makes sense. But they were stuck on an escalator. And the video actually goes on for about three minutes. A third person gets stuck. Um, But yeah, it, it doesn't make sense. But in today's text, we find the disciples who have encountered their teacher risen from the dead twice. And they have seen him, they've talked to him, they've eaten food with him. And yet, what are they doing? They're fishing. How had experiencing their teacher risen from the dead changed their lives? It hadn't. They just returned to what they had been doing. It's like they were stuck on an escalator, unsure of what to do next. I mean, the disciples, they had been through a lot, though. They had witnessed Jesus' miracles and ministry, and they'd been a part of it. But they'd also witnessed his death. And yet now they had experienced the power of God firsthand. They had experienced a living teacher, a living Lord, and yet they're fishing as if nothing had happened, as if none of it had happened. In this text, they had been fishing all night, waiting for the fish to come in the night up towards the top when the water was finally cool. Yet no fish had come near their nets. They had failed, and they were tired. And they were about to just, you know, call it quits. When a man appeared on the shore and suggested throwing their nets to the other side, I'm sure they thought about not taking his advice, but they did. And all of a sudden, they had more fish than they knew what to do with. And that was when they knew who the man was. That was when they knew this man on the shore was their teacher. Again, for them to encounter an experience. And when they got to shore, he had already started a fire to warm them. And he'd already made them breakfast to feed their tired bodies. It was then, over the course of a conversation, that Jesus asked Peter three times, Do you love me? And each time Peter said, You know I love you. And each time Jesus gave Peter a task care for my sheep. Now, sheep are cute, right? This sheep's cute. 
And if you notice in scripture, God's children are often referred to as sheep. Well, here's the thing about sheep. Sheep aren't particularly bright. If you didn't know that, um, sheep can be hungry, but unless they are led to food, they will starve to death. Sheep also, if you don't tell them to stop, will eat themselves until they die. This actually happened to a friend of my parents. The sheep just kept eating until it died. Sheep always need to be watched over. They need to be protected because they just blindly follow one another. Or they'll just stay put until someone shows them a way elsewhere. Sheep are like the people stuck on the escalator. So how does it feel to be compared to a sheep? I think Kate said it best last week when she used the word offended. Because we all know how to take care of ourselves, right? We're we're not like those people on the escalator. We're not like sheep. Sheep who just don't know where to go. Sheep who are stuck. But how often do we in life find ourselves stuck? How often do we find ourselves unsure of where to go or what to do next? Here's the thing about sheep. The type of sheep you are depends on the type of shepherd you follow. The world is absolutely, positively fine for us to follow it as our shepherd. The world is fine to show us pasture after pasture. The world is fine to show us things for us to eat. And it is fine if we just keep eating to our heart's content, not knowing when to stop. The world is is fine To show us our regular, ordinary lives after we have encountered the living Lord. The world is quick to show us our regular lives that can be all about me, all about what I want. Because when when you encounter the living Lord, you realize... It's not all about you anymore. You realize that you're actually asked of something. Suddenly, suddenly it's not just about you. You're asked to do some things that make you uncomfortable. So the world is happy to show us our regular ordinary lives where we can just be. The world is fine to be our shepherd 
to leave us as sheep stuck on an escalator who don't know that there's a way off. And we are just there, stuck until maybe someone shows us that we can actually walk up or down. Until someone shows us how to not be stuck. Saul was stuck. In the text that Brian read for us, Saul was stuck and he didn't even know it. Because he was blindly following the letter of the law. He was blindly following, executing, persecuting Christians. Because that was his task. And he did it well. And then one day on the road to Damascus, Saul encountered Someone who was dead. Someone he knew was dead, but somehow was alive. Saul encountered the one he had set out to erase from history. And the easy thing for Saul to have done, because he had a good life, He was respected. The easy thing for Saul to have done was to continue his life. To continue going. But we know that Saul chose a different shepherd. Because Saul became Paul. And his conversion changed so many lives. Today's text, Peter was stuck too. Peter, the one who Jesus had said, I will call you the rock whom I will build my church upon. This Peter who told Jesus, I will never leave your side. I will never forsake you. And yet after Jesus was arrested, Peter denied him not once, but three times. Imagine Peter's shame and guilt. Imagine his pain. Each time that he denied his friend and his teacher. But then... When Peter encountered Jesus risen from the dead, I'm sure he was afraid, too. Here's my teacher risen from the dead, and I I messed up. I denied him. I failed him. And he's alive. I'm sure he was afraid. And I'm sure Peter felt unworthy to be called a disciple, unworthy to be called a sheep who who could follow this shepherd. And yet, Jesus came to Peter. Jesus met Peter where he was comfortable, where he was at home fishing. 
And Jesus met him there and asked him three times, do you love me? And each time that Peter said yes, Peter affirmed what he had earlier denied. Each time Jesus gave Peter, entrusted Peter who had denied him with a task to care for his sheep. Each time Jesus called Peter out of his shame. And Jesus, each time, called Peter worthy by giving him an important task to care for sheep. Each time, Jesus offered Peter the forgiveness he didn't know that he deserved. Jesus met Peter and Paul where they were. And he called both of them away from their failures, away from their sin, away from their shame. Jesus called them, despite their shortcomings, and he said, follow me. An invitation given to each of us, though we sometimes feel unworthy. To each of us, even though it is so much easier to follow the world, and sometimes we get sidetracked and we get lost like sheep. But Jesus says, Follow me, the one whom death could not keep down. Follow me. And find life. Jesus calls us sheep, and yet he's not calling us stupid. Jesus is calling us more than what we could ever see ourselves as. Because Jesus is trusting us, saying, You have a brain, you have a heart, look out for one another, care for one another. Look around you, see the lost, see the lonely, see the sick, see the discouraged, and care for them. Jesus isn't just calling us sheep. Jesus is calling us to become shepherd sheep, to become like our shepherd and to follow When God created the world, and God created us, he gave us a choice. The choice to decide who or what we would follow. And time after time, Jesus and God's heart was broken as God saw his children like lost sheep, unsure of where to go, unsure of what to do. And so God decided to come and and take on flesh and show us what it meant to have life. 
And so Jesus came. And he never stopped reaching out. He never stopped inviting anyone, everyone to the table of the Lord. He never saw anyone as too stuck, too sinful, to this or to that. To come and claim their place as a child of God. As an heir of the kingdom. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus gathered around the table with his friends. And he started out by washing their feet. By washing their dirty and disgusting feet that had been traveling for days on end. He washed the feet of the disciple he knew would deny him. And he washed the feet of the disciple he knew would betray him that night. And then he took bread. He broke it. And he said to them, all of them, this is my body I will willingly break. For each of you, so that you may know that you are forgiven, that you are treasured. And then he took a cup and said, This is my blood, my love, that I will pour out for you and all people throughout time, so that you may know how worthy you are of this gift. After the meal, Jesus was arrested and soon after he was killed. His body laid in a tomb. His disciples became like lost and scared sheep, stuck where they were Their shepherd dead. But then after three days, God's love and truth and power was echoed throughout time. As Jesus rose to life eternal. So that all would know that there is nothing in this world. No thing that we can ever do that will ever make us unworthy. That will ever keep us from our true shepherd. The one who calls us by name. The one who says, I believe in you. And you are more than who you see yourself as. And Jesus calls us to remember, to eat this meal when we gather and to remember that meal, to remember that gift, to remember that we are worthy of this, that we are worthy of forgiveness, 
that we are worthy of grace and love and life everlasting, that we are worthy to call ourselves a shepherd's sheep of the one who lives, the one whom death could not keep down. So pour out your spirit, Lord, upon these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ so that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. Make us one in ministry to the world, one in ministry with one another, looking out for one another, caring for one another, until your son returns and we all feast at his heavenly banquet. All honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. As those who are helping to serve make their way forward, I just want to make sure that everyone knows that this is the Lord's table. This is not a table that belongs to anyone except for God. And so all are invited to come and to partake. You need not be a member here or of any church. There are no qualifications. Just come knowing who your shepherd is. And so when you come forward, you will be given a piece of bread. And it's gluten-free bread so that all can partake. And then you'll be invited to dip it in the cup. So come as you feel led. Come and pray afterwards if you feel led to. Return to your seat, pray there. Just come and be ready to experience God.